0: Welcome back, fellow spy fans. Todd and Dave here for another episode of Spies Like Us podcast. Uh, this week we'll be talking about episode one, season one of The Americans. Um, we've both seen this, right? The, the, have you seen the whole show, Todd?
1: Uh, I still, I never did finish the final season, but uh, but I plan to. I'm 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 re excited about it for sure, right? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, uh, I think I think it took me a couple episodes to really get into it, but uh, I've, I've always liked the premise from the get go. Um, it's you know I'm, I'm just as excited as you to get started with uh, doing the Americans because we, we're you know like when uh, last week we did three days of the Condor doing our movie format again, but um, uh, before that we did our Night Manager series. So uh, we, we've been getting your emails about doing TV shows. We just haven't figured out what we wanted to do. And uh, Todd and I had a discussion, and we felt that we didn't want shows to overstay their welcome. So we're going to try and do a season of a show in three episodes. Um, so this one, we're just going to start with the first episode.
1: Yeah, well, um, let's talk about uh, what what is, like, how this is going to play out. Um, both for people that have seen The Americans before and people who haven't. Uh Uh, For people who have seen it before, like Booyah, over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about season one. Uh, We're going to tackle it uh, the first episode, a middle episode, that'll be episode seven, and the final episode, episode 13, each over the next three weeks. And if you haven't seen The Americans before this episode really might uh, serve as, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I like listening to movie podcasts where I have seen the movie. Sometimes I, if I haven't seen the movie, I'll just listen to the podcast just long enough to say like, to make a decision on whether or not I want to drop in there. So if you're in that camp and you haven't seen this extremely excellent show, uh, this episode (laughs) is going to serve as giving you a reason to make a decision of whether or not, you should watch it and spoiler alert, you fucking should because it's awesome. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really good. The acting. And um Joe Weisberg, uh the creator of the show is uh ex CIA agent, and then I think became a high school teacher and then wrote a TV show. Uh,
1: he He is, although I noticed um, you know, uh kind of kinda like Ian Fleming. Like Ian Fleming didn't actually have a very long career in intelligence before he dropped out to to write uh this guy was only uh cia for three years oh wow um and i also kind of noticed that uh he like i i don't know it, what cia school is called <laughs> but whatever <laughs> it was like he graduated or like actually you know got his badge and became cia right after uh the end of the cold War. War, uh, which coincidentally is where this series is going to eventually end, right?
0: Yeah, I, I I think it ends right after the, the deal. I don't think the wall comes down, but it's pretty obvious that, you know, uh, Russia and America start looking to heal their relationship and, and the Cold War is kind of at the very tail end of, of its life. Um, right right so i've argued it's never ended but from from what we understand the cold war to be right
1: Um, and he was inspired by the uh the story that came out i think it was 97 98 like we found like 12 of these uh illegals as we call them you know like like deep uh russian deep moles in the U S and that inspired him to want to make a show about it. But then as he started thinking about it and developing it, he decided that it would be more interesting to set it during the cold war than in the nineties.
0: Right. And and that's the main premise of the show. I'm glad you touched on that. Cause it's a really good segue. Um, the, the show, if you haven't seen it is about Philip and Elizabeth Jennings, who are KGB agents that were basically set up by the KGB supposes a married couple they're actually legally married and they had two kids but the idea is they're kind of like these, these sleeper cell agents that are gathering information uh from the u.s and sending it back to you know the motherland um but uh the big the big 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 kicker is meanwhile next door starting off in the first episode is a fbi counterintelligence agent moves in as a neighbor um this actually turns out to be a coincidence, but it's a great setup for, you know, tension and thriller and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, that's the basic premise. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think the the first episode was a whole lot of setup. And uh, Todd and I had a discussion about this. And there's, there's some things that we kind of want to brush over really quick because they're going to be much bigger issues later. And then I think we'll finish off with, like, kind of the, the main, I guess, conflict of the episode. One of the the things I thought was really cool was uh, setting up just that tension immediately to have like a – like we get a little bit of introduction to our like heroes or our protagonists, uh, if we're going to call them. Um, Like we got a little bit of setup where there's a situation. uh, They kidnap this guy and one of their comrades gets stabbed. But uh, what really sets the tension for like what the ongoing story is going to be is that their neighbor is a counterintelligence agent. And I thought it was kind of cool that you have two really qualified groups living right across the street from each other. Um, Like you you find out the neighbor Stan uh, was like undercover with white supremacists um, for like years and like basically helped bring them down. So he knows how to think like – Undercover, or like a mole, or like you know these illegals that they're trying to catch. And on the other hand, you know, you, you see Philip when he's interacting with Stan, he's always asking reasonable questions, you know, like oh, what do you do? Or there was a time where he was up taking his son to hockey practice, and he sees uh, he sees Stan, and he's like, oh, we have a seven thirty ice time. What are you doing up, you know? And then uh, the the counterintelligence agency actually asks. Stan, his insight of being, you know, undercover. So there's a lot of really cool things um, that you have these two capable people that are in, like, the world of espionage, kind of, like, right right on each other's
1: doorstep, so to speak. Stan Beeman, uh, played by Noah Emmerich, is really the third... Like, he's not a side character. He's the third main character of this show, I would say. Right. Um Absolutely. I think he gets... I. Not necessarily in this episode, but if I recall, like over the episodes, like he's going to get kind of equal time with the Jennings, mm-hmm. uh, which is something that I like. Uh And I like the fact that um at least for me personally, uh I'm rooting for all of them, even though they're they're on opposite sides. You know, I don't I don't see right. him as as an enemy so much as just. You know, a a guy doing his job and they're doing their jobs. And it just so happens their jobs are, you know, to oppose each other and, uh, conceal things from each other. But that whole setup, I do like. I was really dubious and I kind of remain so about the idea of him moving in and becoming their next door neighbor, uh, which is a big, ass coincidence to swallow yeah. but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and yeah. it, it was one of my number one big concerns uh when i was hearing about this show um it just sounded silly and i think it does sound silly because it is silly but in the end i didn't mind they pull enough goodness out of that bad premise that i i think it's worth it just like the kind of oh, things we were talking absolutely. about, like the con- the conversations that they have.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I and I think that like if you can you know suspend judgment, as they say, like I guess in film, like for for that one thing and just let it go, it really sets up a lot of nice things. And you, you know, you know, you're right. It it is so hyper coincidental. Uh, you know and like even like i wanted to mark this as like a bad tradecraft you know at the end of the episode you see stan sneaking into the garage because he's been trained to not trust people and so he he breaks into the jenning's's garage to to check the hood of the car for like this kidnapped agent to see if it was them or not and and it was i thought that was a bad move on his part cuz if he is if he if they actually are agents they're probably going to be privy to people sneaking in you know, but I, I think it created a lot of good tension as far as storytelling goes, you know, where where they're like right on each other's doorstep. And then we have this cool shot with Philip just sitting there in the shadows with his gun watching Stan check the trunk. So, but you're right. It's it, a lot. A lot of the, the starting setup with this is, is kind of extravagantly coincidental. But it, 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 if, if you can just swallow it or just let it go for a couple of minutes, it, I think you'll any anybody who hasn't seen this will enjoy uh, that setup And it's, I guess, aftermath.
1: Yeah, they're all they're all three very, very good characters. And any excuse to have them interacting with each other is actually a good thing. Once you see the kind of chemistry that they all have on screen uh, when when they're together
0: you know just real quick you know just touch on um is philip and elizabeth's um relationship uh this is going to be a huge theme going on they're both spies they both know they're spies they have to put up this front as being like the all american family you know and they're they're kind of like uh both very capable agents um like you see with philip pretending to be counterintelligence meeting with martha who's like a secretary of FBI counterintelligence. So he's getting like FBI movements. And then you see Elizabeth like sleeping with like a politician to get information about, you know, KGB defectors. And she's like sleeping with them and giving like him hot sex and stuff. And, you know, this, this does put a lot of strain on their relationship. You know, they're leading a fake life with their kids and their family business. They have like a travel agency. And, um, it's 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 interesting like watching as you know, story wise, I'm not talking tradecraft wise, just watching a married couple in this situation and their marriage developing. And you know, Elizabeth is very clear, like everything for the motherland. And then you have like Philip where he's like, you know, family first type of thing. You know, they're they're both loyal to the motherland, but Philip's more like family comes first. And I d I, I don't know, I did I wanted to kind of maybe just touch on this super quick. Cause this is going to be a big issue like later on. And I was, I was wondering if you had any quick thoughts on wh- what you thought about the dynamic between Philip and Elizabeth.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, the only problem I have here is that I could talk about it for an hour uh, yeah. <laughs> of, of how much, how much I enjoy the nuances of their relationship. So I'm going to try to ha- save some of it for later episodes, but essentially what's great about this is it's, I think it's a male female relationship that you've never seen before on screen. Um, right it is it they're they're not mm, they're not in a romantic relationship they're partners you know like like you know you got the whole cops thing like you know i'd do anything for my partner and you know you can see they're simpatico they've worked together for so long they gel together so well when they're in the field even though and you know if they have some criticism or some second thoughts they're gonna save those for after the op you know when it's safe yeah. to bring them up um right, right but also you know and and their marriage, you know their marriage is a front and it was arranged but they're there's like i mean they procreated they had two kids right. um there's sex involved i'm i i was a little confused about i mean we're gonna see like a little development about the confusion about like what their boundaries are with um Mm -hmm. intimacy with each other and and how sometimes those get crossed. but in general like on a like on a normal uh on a normal month-to-month basis if if there wasn't like story stuff going on i could definitely see this as a like uh these guys being like a couple that has like sex on a schedule you know, it's like, <laughs> mon, you know, mon, Mondays and Thursdays, right? Um,
0: <laughs> and then once they had their two kid cap, it's that's it, right? <laughs> that's hilarious.
1: I I just love the fact that they're not necessarily in love with each other, but they're hundred percent loyal to each other. It's a it's a fantastic. Uh, spin on a male female relationship that only gets better throughout the show and I think is just one of the shining stars of of the writing
0: absolutely I completely agree with you um what uh one of the things I did want to point out though because it does relate to you know what what the big conflict of this episode is um there is like an at the end there is a moment where she starts falling for him and um Well, I'm going to let me explain this real quick. So at some point, Philip and Elizabeth abduct Timochev, who's a Soviet defector, and he's been killing. I think he's like a hitman. He's been killing agents for the U.S. government, like Russian agents or something. Um, But uh, when they catch him, um, he stabs one of their comrades who ends up dying later. And they're supposed to drop him off at a boat to get taken back to Russia. They missed the boat, literally. Um and and they basically have to take this guy oh, prisoner. Oh, so
1: so sorry, so sorry. I thought they missed the boat because uh Philip insisted on dropping him off on the hosp- at the hospital.
0: Right. Yeah. They he, he stopped for like a quick second. And, um, the, the boat, appear, like, I'm not sure how, how long it was. The boat looked pretty far out, but he made it sound like, oh, they have to be punctual. But yeah, the reason why they missed the boat was because their comrade who got stabbed, he was worried about his life. And, uh, Phillip was worried about the comrade dying. So dropped him off at a hospital and told them to check in as a John Doe. But yeah, that's, that's why they missed the boat. Literally. I, I, I have to say that. Yeah. But anyway, um, so they're stuck with this prisoner and they have him in his trunk and they take him back to the house. And the main conflict of the episode is what to do with this guy because this brings a lot of heat on them. And Elizabeth is like, you know, adamantly saying we should kill him and get rid of him. The situation changed. We're allowed to, you know, make our decisions when things change. And Philip's like, no, that's probably the worst thing to do. We got eyes on us and stuff like that. And, um, it kind of creates a big tension between them. But one of the big conflicts that I'm kind of segueing in from their marriage, um, Philip starts to see the advantages of maybe defecting to protect the family because they have this guy, the heat's on them. They're doing everything they can to keep it under wraps. And his thought is like, well, if we defect, we could get paid and, be on the run and our kids will grow up and everything will be fine and we'll just live a happy life she's like no do the mission the motherland blah 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 and it that's the kind of back and forth to be get clear to be them.
1: clear he's not flat out proposing it right, i think right. i think he's just suggesting that when the, when whenever they're making any kind of very difficult decisions they should consider that as one of their options keep it on the table which she's yeah, not exactly. down. She's she's generally not down with. I was surprised. I mean, I was really. I mean, I remember the series very fondly. I was really surprised at how much setup they packed into this episode. There are yeah. so many things, like yeah. <laughs> uh, the 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 complication of you know the the son and daughter, uh, the the Stan Beeman moving in next door the idea that Philip might be kind of saying, you know, it's not really that bad around here. Yeah. yeah, Right. Kind of stuff. <laughs> like I like, there's a lot of things I felt like if, if I had been questioned about it before rewatching the first episode, I would have said like had been dribbled in over the first across like the first four or five episodes, but no, it's all here. You get a great setup. And again, this is directly to anyone who hasn't seen the show. One episode, you're gonna find out everything you need to know. It, in my opinion, you said you were a little iffy on it when when you first watched it. In my right. opinion, this this episode is um, it it packs a lot in. Uh, if you're on the fence of whether or not you you want to watch the show, just watch the first episode. You'll be able to make your decision.
0: Absolutely, we we are definitely taking a broad stroke talking about this episode. There's so much we could go into. Uh, it would, it would take us probably a few hours to just like really take into it. But, uh, we, we think a lot of this is going to be discussed over the next few episodes, which I think is why we might've thought it was spread out over the first few episodes. Um, but you're right. It's like really jam packed. Like it's, it's really well written and really well set up. Um, but the, the main conflict is what to do about this guy. Um, and before we go into what they decide to do, um, we, I, I kind of want to, you know, Todd. I think we, I think we should discuss: is it a good idea to kill him, or is it a bad idea to kill him? Like, wh- wh- whose side are you on as far as uh tradecraft decision making goes with this?
1: Because I'm it, on, it, I'm on Team Russell uh, okay. on this one. As in, as in, or uh, sorry, Carrie Russell. I should yeah. say. I'll I'll use character names. Uh, I'm on Team Elizabeth with uh-huh. this decision, um, because there are fucking kids in the house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I really, I really kind of, uh, you know, my balls are are climbing up into their cavity, like just thinking about the the exposure that they're looking at here uh, with this guy in the trunk and you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, he's a, you know, he's a pro too. It's not like you just kidnapped some fucking accountant.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> you know, this is a date. This is a, you know, even, you know, bound and gagged in in your trunk. This is a dangerous man. Uh, you have kids in the house. It's exposure. I say, you know, dump, dump them off a dock somewhere. If they didn't have kids, I might be more on team Philip.
0: Right. Absolutely. Um I I I, I kind of agree. Oh, with. You are you too. just are
1: you just going to completely agree with me on that?
0: Yeah, I don't really have very many disagreements other than I'm I'm going to say I I see Philip's standpoint, you know, without the big twist we find out later on, um Fi- Philip is trying to look at all the options cuz once you kill the guy, you know, that's it, right? They are they're, they're going to have to suffer consequences from the center and talk to their handlers and what about this? And like, hey, we could get him in if we kill the guy. We're gonna have to clean it up. It could also get us in a lot of trouble. Keeping him here for now till we get more information. I understand, you know, where he's coming from, but I, 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 I agree with you, mainly, and for the same reason too. I think specifically because of the kids. There's no.
1: Well, also, I, what are what are what are they doing about like, uh, you know, content contacting? you know, they're KGB handlers and, and getting instructions or did the, was there some story reason that they're kind of, there's some interference there. They can't quite get uh, a clear message out or back in.
0: I, I, I didn't see anything. It seems like this kind of went on pretty quickly or over like a few days. And I agree with you. you. You would think they could contact somebody or there was like a KGB safe house somewhere in the U S that they could have used that wasn't their garage, you know?
1: Yeah, um, that they didn't, you know, didn't necessarily need to put him on the boat, but could put him somewhere. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I think I'm on, on Team Elizabeth as well. Like, uh, this is a danger to our family and our kids. And, um, But as it turns out, uh, one of the reasons why she was so adamant about it, it wasn't so much that she wanted him killed. She wanted him out of the house. And it turns out that when she was training, he was a captain in the KGB and actually raped her. Mm. Um, And so this is one of the reasons why she was so like super adamant at getting him out of the house. And really the only, I guess, realistic way we're told in the show is, you know, to to off him. Uh, Philip doesn't know this yet. Um, And what happens is, is when, uh, Philip finally decides that he's going to go take him to stand across the street. Elizabeth stops them and starts beating the guy up and Philip starts to figure out, Oh, this guy raped my wife. And, you know, like I'd said earlier, Philip is all about family first. Um, Elizabeth is all about the mission. And when he finds out, you know, and, and I think when he was kind of bringing up the idea of defecting and just putting it on the table, it was making her concerned that she might have to turn him in. Uh, But when Philip actually kills the guy, finding out that he had raped his wife, that let her know that, yeah, he really does care about our our family and about me. He's not just some guy that was stuck in the situation. He really does care. And you get this little, you know, cute romantic moment where they like, you know, make love or whatever after they, Dispose of a dead body together.
1: Them, I, I forget. I, I guess it was right after the fight with that guy. As far as romantic goes, um, them sitting down and doing each other's makeup to cover up each other's bruises from the fight.
0: Oh yeah, that's
1: that's fucking ah. That got me right there. That's that's a low key like just hyper romantic scene that I liked a lot.
0: Yeah, that was really sweet yeah no, I, I could have done that with the, she... I
1: could have done with that and maybe kept her distance a little bit right uh, right, right uh more for now um but yeah. even after that, they have that you know spontaneous intimate moment, which again like I don't think is tip is usual for them i I think they are no. sex on a yeah. schedule kind of kind of couple um you know there's a there's a later scene where he just kinda i don't know maybe kind of forgets himself and just kind of like nuzzles the back of her neck and and she you know she recoils she's like what the fuck are you doing and he's like oh yeah sorry i forgot we're pressed. oh
0: it was when they first were married they first came to the u.s and they're in like virginia
1: oh was that like, in a flashback oh okay yeah it that was makes the first more, time that makes more that makes more sense then
0: right and and they were enjoying the air conditioning together so it was kind of like a nice moment where they're in a hotel by themselves and and she co recoils back and says i'm not ready yet you know and uh you can already see that there's like a distance between them you know yeah it's i agree with you i think the makeup scene was more intimate than the actual intimate scene you know yeah 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 but it was cute you i know, i liked care, both, care, both
1: caring caring for one, one another Right, um, you know, keeping keeping each other safe. Like, I, I yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it.
0: Like, let me lick your wounds while you lick mine, type of thing. It or is, the... at,
1: yeah, licking wounds. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Fuck, great, great image.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, like I, I don't know. Over, like I, like again, this this episode had a lot of setup, and that was the main conflict. And um, but it's just so much going on, and I'm really excited to see what happens um especially with like their different costumes i think they went through like two different costumes in the whole episode maybe three? oh sure and we open I, I mean we, we open
1: with uh with her in a wig which we don't yeah. know yet uh uh-huh. but you know it's i if you like wigs also this show is for you <laughs> trust me and i thought it was just me but then when i started listening to like you know i started getting into the show i was like man i fucking love these wigs and then i started listening to some critic reviews and basically every one of them mentioned the wigs as being like one of the star attractions of the show even though we have talked about uh, um or no we haven't talked about what we've learned about in some of our research like uh you know this whole thing where uh philip is and uh well maybe we'll make it a segue into that part of it uh cuz it's another part of the setup where philip has an op where he is uh beginning very very the very beginnings of what is going to become a seduction of martha um uh, right. see uh, who's going to be a character that we're going to be talking about a lot more after this. Right now, they just have a little scene that shows them um, together. But, uh, you know, the wig he's wearing really changes his appearance. These, these uh, Elizabeth and Philip are just so good at very subtly changing their appearance in a way that makes them look like an entirely different person. Right. Which is just fabulous. Uh, but what we've learned uh, from at least from like Disguise Experts YouTube videos is that you can't really like pull that off over a long period of time. Eventually, someone's going to notice it's a wig,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, especially if you're actually having like an intimate relationship with them. But, um, But yeah, over to Martha, which again is one of those things like, wow, we're setting that up this soon. Uh, he's got this op where uh, let's see, and who is Martha? Martha? She's she's uh, the
0: secretary of the FBI counter. the The guy that's Stan's superior.
1: Exactly. She's she's his secretary. Stan's boss's secretary, and Stan's boss, by the way, is played by John Boy, uh-huh. uh, who you know from The Waltons, who has not been on screen in like fucking 40 years (laughs) (laughs) um but does but does fine here but that thing um i don't know maybe we save it for later but i'll just put a pin in in it real quick like he's coming in as uh like uh what's you actually you tell me and then maybe i want to quibble about it what's what's he doing here what's what's he doing talking to martha
0: He's making it. I think he's pretending to be CIA counterintelligence. Um, But the idea is that he's watching the Watchmen. He's like running counterintelligence on counterintelligence is the story he's giving her. He even gives her some spiel of like anything you say can be used in a court of law to make it official while he's still kind of flirty with her. Uh, But the idea is he's like meeting her regularly to to get as much info as he can about the people in her office and like movements, you know, and he's like really fishing for info, but like not directly like, hey, I need you to tell me all this stuff that you have on KGB. He's getting like indirect information that can actually lead to like a lot of information for him, you know. Like, uh, I don't know. She said that they had, were talking about some sort of defector, I think is when their conversation,
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: while he's talking about these other guys like, Oh, what do you think about this guy? you know, is he, do you think you could trust him? And, you know, she starts talking about other stuff and he, that info as, as uh, kind of indirect the info it is, it's like a huge piece of information
1: for them. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's doing a good job in the moment uh, of making this approach in this persona and gathering this type of information I don't see how it could possibly in his mind, like be sustainable as a Mm long play, because I don't know if I'm Martha and I mean, I feel bad. I feel bad for Martha. (laughs) You're going to feel worse for Martha. The, the, the more the show goes on. Right. Um, but she's not super smart and we just gotta, we just gotta lay that out, out on the table. Um, But even as a not super smart person, uh, at some point, like, what does she think that like everyone in the office is having this, uh, you know, informal debriefing uh, or, or check in kind of situation is is it normal procedure for it to happen? Like what at her apartment? Um, yeah
0: that was the thing that weirded me out and why it didn't any raise any red flags i don't know if maybe at that time period people wouldn't have thought of that but uh i would like to think that that would have raised some red flags that why are we meeting in my apartment you know um
1: right maybe uh, not in the moment but a a couple days later you know Mm -hmm. or or I don't know mentioning to your like I I feel like it the risk of her mentioning something to a coworker or her boss, you know, just a coworker like Hey Sally, how how did your debriefing go? And Sally's like, What debriefing?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, he did uh, say that he can't bring it up. I think he said something like that. I th- I think there was a where he's like, Oh, I need you to keep this under wraps. This is very important because we're watching the people who are watching for russian spies and blah 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 um
1: yeah I just flag it I sh- as a bit as a bit dodgy but again yeah everything everything that i might consider a little dodgy in this show like for instance like again like uh stan beeman just happening to move uh, across the street or next door to them um it's it's going to a good it's it's going it's for a good reason, in yeah. my opinion. Maybe <laughs> right. some people that are want to be more hypercritical than than even we are, and and that's the one thing we always get on this show is like, "Wow, you guys are <laughs> you guys don't <laughs> you guys don't leave any stones unturned, do you?" Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, that's supposed to be the value proposition of the show. Um, but it it you know it goes to a a good place, and again it's again it's setting up something that like wow why why did you guys uh, the boldness of cramming in everything they set up in this first episode i keep coming back to this like really could have been spread out over the first one or th- one two or three episodes but uh you know maybe this was actually i don't know if they still do the pilot episode season but um uh, or, or, uh system uh-huh. uh but but this episode a hundred percent functions as a pilot. Like if you're showing it to executives and you're saying we made this one, do you want 12 more? Yes or no. Right. This right. gives the executive everything he needs to know to, to make that decision. Um, another thing that's set up here, uh, I'll just flag it real quick. It's uh, plus by points. I love their cover of their job. They are travel agents, right? which explains
0: are, why they have to travel so much.
1: They it's such a good cover. It's one of the yeah. best I could possibly think of. You get calls from clients in the middle of the night. Hey, it's that guy from Hong Kong that's coming in. I got to I got to I got to go do the thing. You know like Craig's job where it's like he's right. like on call constantly. Uh this is like that times 10. You know, it's global. Uh, it's it's 24 right. hours. Um uh, they have a, a small agency. I assume the people that work for them. I mean, I think they only have like, what, like three uh, people working in their office with them. Uh-huh. Um, absolutely could just be like low level KGB people that that also assist them. Um, it's also like a reason that if you needed to to get on a plane and go anywhere uh, without raising questions, it's it's just mm-hmm. perfect.
0: Yeah, so it, it it does leave a lot of space for cover. Which it's kinda
1: cool. like like in the old sitcoms. Uh I don't know if you ever noticed this, but like in the in the old sitcoms, like advertising agency was always the job. Um because it just provided so much uh uh fodder for, for episodes of like you could always say, like, yeah, we have a client coming in, we have to keep this all hush hush. I I swear, I think like Darren from Bewitched is in advertising. Um, I, I, I'm struggling to think of other examples, but I think at one point I sat down and thought about it, and I think everyone in a 60s sitcom worked for an advertising agency.
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm, I'm sure it's true.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Anything else that got set up here? Well, Oh, you just mentioned Paige um and that's going to become important over the series she's uh she's like in a lot of uh, places where you look up the the cast list for the americans uh page that's their their daughter and they have a daughter and a son uh Paige is older than the son and is i would argue a much more important character uh, she's played by Holly Taylor. In a lot of places where you look up uh, the cast list for the Americans, you're going to find her third build after Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell. Um, she is just getting around to, what, 14, 15? Would you say? 16? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, she's just reaching that age where she's going to start, maybe starting to rebel a little bit and and maybe start also, like, Asking questions, kind of thing. I'm a little concerned that uh, in this kind of like long-term sleeper cell agent plan. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of having kids as cover, if you want to take it that far. But I also kind of think that, uh, and you know, maybe this is uh, the first time the Russians try or early in their attempts to to do this kind of shit. Um, but if I was doing the super long-term planning from the beginning, I would say like, okay, we're going to go until your kid, your first kid is 16, and then we're going to have to like pull the plug or something. Or you're going to have to pre-plan to send that kid off to boarding school. Get them out of the picture. I think would be good tradecraft. They're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to have fun uh, with Paige. Um, And I think... Yeah, we set up Martha, we set up their uh their cover, their relationship. Uh they've got the nosy FBI neighbor Stan, uh, who's also gonna have his own like story arc going on like parallel uh in later episodes.
0: Again, this was a lot of setup, and we just wanted to kind of brush through some things that are gonna be major issues or uh points to talk about later. Um, once we finish uh, Season 1 off. Um, But uh, next week, we'll be doing Episode 7.
1: Episode 7.
0: Yeah, Episode 7 is Season 1, so if you want to kind of catch up with us, um, or if you want to just go ahead and finish the season to kind of, you know, follow along with us. Yeah, um, we'll be...
1: Yeah, audience members, you do you. But we, we definitely have paced this in such a way that... Uh, and starting with Episode 7 and and with the final episode, Episode 13, there will be spoilers. So, uh, you know, you do you. Make your own choices if you've seen it, if you haven't seen it. But two weeks should be plenty of time to uh, tuck this into your belly uh, yeah. if, if, if you feel like it. Uh, our next scheduled episode after we finish The Americans is set for the day after i think it's the day after or the day before uh no time to die comes out so
0: oh okay no we have to do that
1: once we finish this transmission i got some thoughts we're gonna meet together uh and and figure that out but yeah but yeah right after as soon as the series is done the next week after that will be like some kind of bond week some kind of Daniel Craig something you'll at least be getting a brush pass from us. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, no, maybe we got to do. Okay. Well, all right, well, we'll get back audience. We'll get back to you on uh, what we're, what movie we're doing after the Americans, Uh, but join us next week for episode seven. Um, And if this is your first time listening, you can add us to any podcast app you're using. Uh, Just search spies like us podcast. Um, or uh, shoot us an email at spieslikeus.net or you know, jump on Facebook or Twitter, our Twitter handle is spies underscore like us and uh, I believe our Facebook address is facebook.com slash podcast. Uh, but just give us a search throw us a shout out let us know how we're doing with the new format and if uh, you hate us, you love us whatever, we, 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 we're just happy to hear from everybody
1: tell uh, a friend uh, tell a
0: friend yeah, that's the, num- to that's the number to like one best like thing you
1: can do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you all next week. The preceding transmission sampled the song Enter the Party by Kevin McLeod and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at
1: spieslikeus.net.